the following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Boot computer. List of today's guests. Signing in chat room. Lining up news articles. Checking levels. Adjusting camera. Secure wire connection. Restart again. Checking video feed. With all she's got to do, you'd think Nicole Sandler was a one-woman band. Well, she is. And she's ready for another show. And now, here's the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com. So, welcome to the final show of 2023. Uh, Marcy Wheeler will be along in just a moment. Just so you know, we always pre-record these uh, Friday, Empty Wheel Fridays, because Marcy's in Ireland, where it's a lot later. I'm in Arizona. So, we taped it this morning at 10 Arizona time, which is like 5 or 6 in the afternoon, in Ireland, where Marcy is. And when we finished taping, we had not gotten the coal in our stockings yet from the Supreme Court. But they did it a couple hours later. Uh, In a one-sentence order with no noted dissent, the extremes uh, ruled, quote, the petition for a writ of cert, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce the actual word, before judgment is denied. So they said, no leapfrogging over the appeals court for you. Here's some coal in your stocking. All right. So now that that's out of the way, um, everything else, you know, is, is, uh, well, is up for grabs. So now with no further ado, we go to your previously scheduled performance. (laughs) It's not really performance. Um, Marcy Wheeler, because it's empty wheel Friday. So here we go. It's our final Friday broadcast of the year. Marcy Wheeler is here. And I guess we end the year on an up note. We can start with thanking Joe Biden, who this morning issued a proclamation on. Let me let me pull up the whole thing because I've got the whole thing here. Uh, Proclamation on granting pardon for the offense of simple possession of marijuana, attempted simple possession of marijuana, or use of marijuana. I guess this is maybe designed to help get the young vote, the youth vote out. Although there are more yeah, of us well, old people. Know, he, he, I think, could could move towards delisting it. And that would really do it, right? Yes. Like there's, there's really not a point anymore to having marijuana illegal, having possession of marijuana illegal in the United States. Not but at we'll all. See. But marijuana is still, as you mentioned, still a, a classified as a, a grade A narcotic alongside of heroin and LSD, which shouldn't be there either. Or Schedule 1, whatever whatever it's called. Schedule 1, right? Yeah. Schedule 1. So, um, but I don't know that he can do that by simple proclamation where he can issue a blanket pardon, and he did. Right. So it's a step in the right direction. Um, Marcy Wheeler, again, the year ends not only on with big news on that front, but last night, um, last night we uh, uh, heard another breaking story that, um, Lordy, there are tapes. So the state of Michigan (laughs) has uh, somebody in Michigan recorded phone calls of Donald Trump. Um, taught pressuring some of the two Michigan electors not to certify the 2020 election results. Now, you don't even have this up on EmptyWheel.net yet, but I'm wondering why uh, is this just coming to light now? My guess is 
twofold. One is that Remember, Dana Nessel, the two sets of Republicans are already being prosecuted in Michigan. There's all of the fake electors, and one of those people already flipped. And then there's, uh, that might be helpful, people are more familiar with the Coffee County caper in the Georgia side. Um, Trump and his associates tried to get the data from tallying machines. And there was a version of that here in Michigan as well. And a couple of those people also got prosecuted. Um, So one of the things that's going on is Republicans are being prosecuted. Another thing that's going on is that the Republican party in Michigan is just a clusterfuck. Um, It's broke, it's run by nut nut jobs. Like the DeVosses are sort of like, you guys, you know, destroy yourselves and we'll pick up the pieces. and my guess is, so Trump threatened, to, didn't threaten, he tried to cajole two people into not certifying the vote to the, the, the two Republicans. And my guess is that it came from one, because if you look at the description of, um, shoot, I'm going to get this wrong and I, I'm going to apologize in advance. I believe it's the Detroit mm, News, I believe, had it. News, right. they reported. Right. Craig Mogger, who people should really follow. He does great work on the Michigan side of this, which really doesn't get enough attention. Um, because it's, you know, in some ways what's happening in Michigan is seven steps beyond where they are in Georgia. It's just Georgia gets all the press because they indicted Trump along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's very similar. It's very similar to two or three of the calls that we know Trump made in Georgia, but it's new and it's a recording. And so, um, it is yet more proof. This was, I want to say December 17th. It's yet more proof that Trump was trying to cajole local Republicans into changing the vote. Um, and if in fact, one of them decided to share the recording, it maybe she, I won't, you know, guess which one of the two it is, but there's one one woman, one man, but maybe she is willing to cooperate in larger investigations. Um, you know, to some degree, it's more of the same. Trump did this in every single state. And every time, you know, like, we'll take a step back before we're done and talk about Supreme Court in Colorado yes. and yada, yada. Oh, yes. Like, ultimately, we are getting closer and closer to making a case that Trump um, repeatedly intervened in the state's counting of the vote and the and the 11th circuit we have talked about the 11th circuit too um which in some ways is the most important opinion that happened this week um but let me take a step back and say there's going to be a shit ton of news between now and the beginning of the year okay because the supreme court has like Donald Trump has ruined their Christmas, um, except for maybe Clarence Thomas, who should just recuse from everything right now and then should, he can have a normal Christmas. Should being the operative with word there, but, wife Jenny. Yes. But um, but um, but there are a bunch of legal things that are and are that are going on, right? So the big one that everyone's paying attention to is Colorado uh, provisionally kicked Donald Trump off the ballot. The primary appeals to the Supreme Court. Right. And they stayed that that until uh, January 4th. And the thing is, January 5th is the deadline for the Secretary of State to have the the primary ballot for the state of Colorado finalized. So this does not give the court much time, which is why you say it. it, 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 it ruined their holiday, but it also doesn't give Trump's attorneys much time because they've got to respond before then as well. Yes. 
Yeah, actually, that's very easy. All he has to do is tell the Supreme Court he's going to appeal. They don't have to accept it. I they know, like you know, he's going to be on the primary ballot, uh, and so You know, there's a lot of focus on Colorado as if the Supreme Court is going to be deciding it tomorrow. They're not. So long as he tells the Supreme Court he's going to appeal by the 4th, he's going to be on the primary ballot and he's going to win that primary. Um, But it starts the process of him appealing to the Supreme Court. And so down the road, the Supreme Court is going to have to decide whether Colorado was in its right running its own state elections to boot him off the ballot. Now, and there's this, a bunch of other challenges to him being on the ballot, right? Right. So, now, this is this is a 14th Amendment challenge. This is different than the other question that's already before the Supreme Court uh, from Jack Smith asking, trying to leapfrog the district appeals court to get uh, uh, this the question of Trump's um, immunity settled, right. right? So this is the 14th Amendment challenge. This says, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment says that anybody, any elected official who's taken an oath to uphold the Constitution, protect the Constitution, and participates in an insurrection is not eligible to hold office again. Um, and that's the basis of this Colorado case. Now, it's it's happened in a few other states where they've said, no, that's not what it means. He can stay on the ballot. This is a, 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 a topic of contention that like great legal minds disagree. Right. And it's not an easy question. And it's not, you know, I don't think anybody, I certainly don't want him removed from the ballot. I want him convicted and then we can remove him from the ballot. Um, And so, you know, like I, I think that they did hold a trial in Colorado. They did a pretty good job. Trump's lawyers, as always, didn't do a very good job. They were not able to define insurrection in any way that wouldn't include what Trump did. Uh-huh. I've, I've, I haven't read the Colorado opinions. As, as I mean, I haven't read the recent one at all, and I didn't read the underlying one that closely. Um, but they do things that... Um, that are important for our understanding of Trump's actions on January 6th generally. Like one of the things that, uh, as I understand the the Colorado Supreme Court one does, is it points to the imagery of January 6th. It points to the fact that people were there with Confederate flags Mm -hmm. or were screaming 1776. And I think that that gets to intent in a way that um, even for defendants who described it as 1776 or defendants who brought Confederate flags, DOJ has not engaged with, partly because they don't have to. They don't, like, not even, um, the Proud Boys used a lot of, a lot of 1776 imagery, um, and, that was included in the case against them, but that wasn't the primary basis of them being, conv- uh, some of them, uh, the, the four main ones, being convicted of sedition. Uh, it was a lot of other stuff. It was, you know, the, 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 the attempt, the, the, the attempt to, to prevent the lawful transfer of power. Right. Um, but, I, but I found the description of what Trump had done in the, in the Colorado one, which I, I hope over the Christmas to read more closely, very interesting because we keep seeing different versions of this and they're they're I mean Jack Smith has not charged Trump with it with insurrection right and here's an interesting twist so there are actually two things that that um Trump had to submit his argument um should Jack Smith be able to leapfrog the DC circuit and Smith responded 
Um, and I think Trump is technically entitled to a response. But in any case, the Supreme Court is going to decide uh, probably in the next five days whether they're going to accept this review bypassing the D.C. Circuit. Uh-huh. Um, the D.C. Circuit has, and that's because the D.C. Circuit, if I'm remembering correctly, they have set the briefing date to start on the 27th. So it's sort of like if you're the Supreme wow. Court and you're being nice, you're going to just say, give us the briefing because it's going to come to us anyway. Right. Um, and then the D.C. Circuit can move on to other things. So the... If that goes directly to the Supreme Court, I mean, it's going to get to the Supreme Court one way or another. And there are actually two issues before the Supreme Court. And on that note, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm absolutely immune. Donald Trump claims that he. Hey, I'm breaking in here because um, it's Nicole, in case you couldn't tell. We recorded that earlier this morning. But as I told you, um, uh, for some reason, the the uh, the video is all jumpy. So I'm switching computers because I can do that believe it or not. So um, with just a, a tiny bit of interruption, back to your uh, regu- regularly scheduled interview. Let's try this. He makes ridiculous arguments in the underlying brief because he says, well, you know, um, Nixon breaking into Ellsberg's shrink's office was not within official or the White House, the, the Watergate burglars were not official business of the president. But my attempt to overthrow the election was and it's like, no, it's pretty much the same thing that Nixon was doing. Like, right. you, like he literally said Nixon, that was an official act. <laughs> but so what it's like, I well, did do you was, agree that right. Nixon was an official act? And so I like the Ellsberg stuff was arguably closer to being an official act of the president than than the water, Watergate break Right, and, and just last week, Mark Meadows' uh, attempt to get his case separated from the Georgia case and moved to federal court because he claimed it was part of his official duties was struck down easily. And, and, and right? And, and I think that that is a very important opinion because that came from a very conservative court, mm-hmm. very influential with the right-wing judges. And, and again, what that said was Mark Meadows was not, so so there so there's one opinion in DC circuit was which is civil which says that Trump can be sued for what he did on January 6 because uh his actions were not official duty because right. he he took those actions as a candidate the 11th circuit basically agreed with the DC circuit opinion quoting the underlying DC district judge right um but applied it to a criminal context uh and so you now have two circuits that basically said your actions as a candidate are not actions as a president. That's right. And um, and if the D.C. Circuit were to hear Jack Smith's opinion, they might say there is no immunity for crimes committed as president. Or they might say, you know, uh, pointing to the opinion, the civil opinion. Well, you know, whether or not there's immunity for stuff you did as president, this is all clearly not official duty. Right. And and that's eventually that's an easy cop out for the for Supreme Court, like to make the decision first and foremost. If the president does something as a candidate, is he protected from criminal liability or civil liability? And the easy answer for them and the you know, like the first way to chip at this problem is to say, no, he's not like, look, it's not just these D.C. judges who have said so. It's prior in the 11th Circuit, and he's as conservative as any of us are. And so um, and so there's that. The other thing that's part of that 11th Circuit opinion, which, again, is in some ways the most important. It's only Mark Meadows, but it's the most important because he says, 
Donald Trump, going back to Michigan, this all ties together. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even talked about Florida at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it, um, Pryor argued that it, basically the, the 11th Circuit opinion was um, Mark Meadows, the, this rule that Mark Meadows was trying to get to apply to him doesn't apply to, for, to, to former officials. That's the technical holding of the opinion. But they also said, but also, if it, if that were overturned, you still wouldn't get to remove it from federal offer because, A, it's not official duties. Right. But it's not official duties for two reasons. One is because it was it was your, the role as a candidate. But secondly, because this is a Georgia suit, right? The, the states get to run their own presidential elections. Okay. And so if the 11th Circuit is going to be influential to the Supreme Court, that may affect how they think about this, this Colorado ruling. Because if Colorado gets to run its own presidential elections, they get to decide whether Donald Trump gets booted off the... Uh, and again, he's going to be on the primary ballot. The question is whether he's on the general. Um, and Colorado will get to decide because states run their own elections. And, and that's, again, a way that the Supreme Court might decide this. Um and then in the background, there's this question of whether Jack Smith can leapfrog. If I'm anybody on the Supreme Court, I'm going to say, let's take the leapfrog mm-hmm. and let's make sure there is a trial because the way in which all Americans should want this to be litigated, should want this to be decided is with the jury. And so let's make sure there's a jury that Trump will face, would otherwise have faced in March. And then by the time of the general election, we'll have a verdict. And Colorado can then say, not only did our own five-day trial say that he was an insurrectionist, but so did this verdict in D.C. Now, the problem with that is Trump was not charged with insurrection. Right. He was charged with four other crimes. Two of those, I think we talked about this last week, are also under appeal at the Supreme Court. It's a garden variety Jan Sixer who is appealing the way in which um, DOJ used obstruction Obstruction. to charge 300 Jan Sixers, including, by the way, Donald Trump. So in this case, literally Donald Trump is just an also ran to these other 300 insurrectionists. we, no one knows the the Supreme Court sort of reached to take this appeal. They shouldn't have done it yet. There there was a better one to take, but they reached down and took it. And so no one really knows why they did. Um, and there are three things they may be deciding. One is, does it apply to January 6th at all? Two is, does it apply only to documents? And three is, what is the definition of corrupt purpose? Does it ha- <laughs> Do you have to have personally benefited uh, to be covered by this. Now, the second and third would apply to Trump anyway. The first, if they say it doesn't apply to January 6th, then it doesn't apply to Trump or these other 300 uh, Jan- January 6ers. Um, but what's interesting is if, DO- if, if Supreme Court indicated that the way in which DOJ has applied obstruction is problematic, which, by the way, we've been talking about, those of us who cover this, we've been talking about since July of 2021. Right. Like, this has been in the works since July of 2021. Right. So if, if Supreme Court threw that out, and one reason I think they might throw that out is because Brett Kavanaugh is a snowflake. And and I, I kid you not, mm-hmm. like the insurrectionists have all said, you know, how can you charge us for this if you didn't charge Brett Kavanaugh as protesters? And there are good reasons that that, that that's true. 
Like, it is true that protesters interrupted the Brett Kavanaugh hearing, but none of those protesters broke the law other than interrupting the hearing. Whereas all of the protesters, like, even if you believed you were a protester breaking into the Capitol on January 6th, you would have broken the law by being there. You broke into the Capitol. It was not open. It was not open to the public. So um, anyway, but one of the things that could happen is is Supreme Court could, before Colorado gets decided, uh, Supreme Court could say, we're going to have a trial, but you can't try him on 1512 or you can't try him on the 1512 that you had planned. Like you can't use like one of the things that is true right now is that 1512 is the bulk of the way that DOJ is bringing in Trump's role in the insurrection. I mean, they're doing and I've said this already, but I think it's really cool. They're they're going to use location data, people's Google location data right. to show that. Of the mob that went to the Capitol, uh, 11,500 of them were using Google location. And they're going to show that those 11,500 basically followed Trump's orders. He right. said from the, the Capitol, they went to the Capitol. The, no. And if there were 11,500 of those people and all of those people trespassed, then it means there are at least 30,000 people who followed Trump's orders. It's 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 like it's going to be super cool if this if they ever get to do this at trial, but they may not get to do it at trial if the Supreme Court says you can't use obstruction um, for anything that isn't related to documents. Huh. Right. Okay. So if they say obstruction has to relate to documents, then DOJ will be like, great, we'll just prove our uh, fake elector scheme because there are like there were literally counterfeit documents submitted uh, to this to the Senate and to the um, archives. Um, But DOJ really, really wants to get in Trump's ties to the ties to the Proud Boys and the order to 30,000 people to mob the Capitol. Um, And so if if the Supreme Court, I mean, DOJ, like once the Supreme Court, Supreme Court, in addition to the absolute immunity thing, you can't charge me because I'm the former president. He also has this ridiculous uh, double jeopardy claim, which says uh, you can't charge the former president for anything that he was acquitted of uh, on uh, in impeachment. But that's a different it's a whole different venue. That wasn't a criminal trial. It wasn't a in, in front of a, a jury of his peers. It was right, an impeachment. Right. right. More importantly, and this may explain why DOJ didn't charge Trump with insurrection. It's a different charge. DOJ mm. has not charged Trump with insurrection. Now, if Supreme Court said, no, you can totally be tried on anything that you were impeached for, whether or not you were acquitted after you leave office, then uh DOJ could supersede Trump, charge him with insurrection, prosecute him for insurrection before the general election. And then we could then we could all agree that he under the 14th Amendment would not qualify. That's the like that's my ideal way of going about it. Will the Supreme Court uh, cooperate with me? Of course not. But that's the way it should happen. That's like when Republicans say, how dare Democrats kick Trump off the ballot in Colorado? Right. The first response should be, it wasn't Democrats, it was Michael Ludig. Um, and all of the plaintiffs there are Republicans or independents. Right. Um, and Michael Ludig the, is a, a former judge, a federal judge, very conservative, known to be very yeah. conservative, who's who's saying, first of all, that he should, that that because of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, he doesn't have to be convicted of anything. It's just as uh, the same as um, 
uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger can't run for president because he's not a natural born U.S. citizen or uh, Maxwell Frost Baron can't, can't run. Baron run can't can't run because he's not 35. You know, it's it's like that. And and therein lies the rub, I guess. Some are saying, well, he's not been convicted of anything. How can you kick him off the ballot? And there's a lot of um, disagreement on that. And incidentally, uh, there is a, a New Mexico guy, and his name's Coy Griffin, who was prosecuted under uh, for just trespassing uh, for January 6th. And he was kicked like after he tried to prevent he was still in office or he was reelected to office and he tried to prevent Mexico from certifying something. And um, and they we're about to hold him in contempt, but regardless, he was kicked off. He was he was disqualified from holding office. Like uh, it was a local, I forget what it was. But regardless, so there is a precedent. There's somebody who's already been kicked off, who's been who's been disqualified from holding office before Trump, and none of the Republicans cared about Quay Griffin, right? Um, Cowboys for Trump guy, right? Like nobody <laughs> cared, and that you know, and that's in a swing state. That's in New Mexico, as I swing state. Yes. But um, so. But when Republicans say, how dare Democrats try and do this? A, the first thing is to say it's not Democrats, it's Judge Liddick. But the second thing to say is, great, you don't think he should be removed without due process, then you should be screaming to ensure that he has a trial. Uh huh. Because the way in which we can all agree whether or not he's qualified or not under the 14th Amendment is to make sure that he gets a trial by a jury. Right. Now, here's the other problem with that. There should be a trial. But if it's a a federal trial, there are no cameras allowed. Uh, Donald Trump wants a camera, wants cameras in the courtroom because he wants to create as big a circus as he can. I think there should be cameras because the American people need to be able to see it, just like we saw the Watergate hearings if we were alive then. And but um, uh, there's arguments. Jack Smith does not want cameras, probably because he wants to avoid the circus. What do you think? I don't think there should be cameras no. uh, because I think that like, even if you look at the Roger Stone trial, if you look at what Trump has done in the New York state trial, um, like what, what happened in the Roger Stone trial is that a, the proud boys basically, in fact, there were texts released in the last two days of the head of intelligence for MPD and DC communicating with Enrique Tadio about their protest, their mob around the Roger Stone trial, both in November right. 2019 when he was tried and in 2020 when he was sentenced about the mob that the Proud Boys were ginning up at that moment. And uh, and the Proud Boys and Chernovich and Posobiec all uh, identified the jurors and started this witch hunt against oh, the jurors. God. Now, you would have that 10 times more strongly in a Trump trial. And, you know, as it is, I assume the trial is going to go at least a month and it'd be hard not to um, not to um, sequester this jury. But like even like, you know, I think about Cassidy Hutchinson testifying mm-hmm. and how much pushback she got when she testified before the January 6th com- committee. And I remember um the staffers who were running that they were they were keeping her identity secret until she actually testified and you know at the time everyone was like oh it's probably just an attempt to to get more show and it's like honestly everything we've seen since then says that um these witnesses are going to face 
unbelievable pressure. Um, the D.C. Circuit, you know, I, I think originally they were going to be like, well, let Trump attack the public figures. Right. But the D.C. Circuit ultimately said, no, you can't attack the public figures who are witnesses either. And and they shouldn't because Mike Pence, like you can look at Mike Pence uh, and Mike Pence clearly uh, was going to chicken out until his son said, dad, you know, you took the same oath I did. You've right. got to stand up and do your job. Um, and, and Mike Pence is not the only Trump associate who has chickened out from their duty. And so, you know, I, I get that people want a, a TV camera, but I just think, I, I just think it is really hard, and I wish we could do this, right? Like, um, that we saw some of the threats that Judge Engeron and his clerk no, were no, getting. The Colorado yeah. Supreme Court, apparently, yeah. they're all getting death threats. And, the, you know, they don't have round-the-clock security. They do now, I'm sure. Right. Uh, and Fonnie Willis, we saw that as soon as as Jim Jordan targeted Fonnie Willis, she started getting lynching threats. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, we heard in in Ruby Freeman's trial and in Rudy Giuliani's trial uh, for ruining the life of Ruby Freeman, um, that they they were terrified of being lynched. Not yes. this, this was not an abstract. I'm getting threats. They were terrified of coming home one day or having their son come home one day and find them <sighs> lynched. Um, and, you know, so you're seeing these threats of lynching all over the country at anybody trying to hold Donald Trump accountable. And I just think that there is no way to to carry out due process, to carry out a, a trial as a trial is meant to be uh, without providing protection to witnesses in the jury. Right. No, it, it, it would be opening a whole can of worms that a violence, which which is part of the whole Trump uh, community, if you will. This is what they do. Um, and I guess uh, I don't know. Uh, but I, I hear what you're saying. So, Marcy Wheeler, all this is going on. Obviously, time is of the essence because we have ballots that need to be finalized and the Supreme Court is getting involved. So you're saying by the time the holidays end and people go back to work on January 2nd, um, a lot of a lot of shit will have hit the fan. I don't think a lot of shit will have hit the fan yet, but we'll have a better sense of what the Supreme Court how the Supreme Court is looking at this. Okay. Right. So one of the things we'll probably know, yes or no, are they going to let Jack Smith jump frog the, the DC circuit? If not, then we should assume that they're going to help Trump obstruct justice. Oh God. Um, you know, like one answer is they could immediately say, uh, you can't disqualify Trump. I mean, that's the worst case. Like you mm. can't, you can't, you can't, you can't disqualify Trump. Like one of the, like one of the precedents that, that, Colorado relied on is a Gorsuch, as a Gorsuch uh, precedent, right? right? So, and, and who of course is from Colorado, and so really, the Supreme Court would be rejecting a lot of what they claim to believe in if they were to throw out the Colorado verdict. But um, you know, I, again, if I'm the Supreme Court, I buy time. I buy time, and I try and give it to a jury because that is what should happen. Um, but, you know, maybe we'll be here in two weeks time and we'll discover that the Supreme Court is going to do everything they can to make sure that they're basically their candidate to be president uh, is 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 protected and gets to be president. again. Now, if I were 
most, you know, yeah, he, Trump Trump appointed three of those people. Yes, he did. But if, if I were most of those people, I'd be like, you know, look, Nikki Haley does better against Joe Biden than Donald Trump does. Yep. I want to make sure, like, here's yep. my chance yep. to put Nikki Haley on the ballot. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, you know, obviously Clarence Thomas. And and by the way, people are calling for Clarence Thomas to recuse, yes. and we'll see whether he recuses, which uh, he did actually in John Eastman's appeal of the um, crime fraud exception that came out of California. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that Clarence Thomas will recuse, but that's another thing we're going to find out is, is Clarence Thomas going to decide that his own wife's involvement in insurrection and his clerk's key role, you know, like his clerk's identification as a key co-conspirator here, is he going to recuse? So it could be really terrible. It could be not terrible. It could be somewhere in between. But we're going to we're just going to understand what the landscape is like a lot better after the after the new year. Cool. Okay. so at least we got that to look forward to. (laughs) Not necessarily that it'll be a good outcome, but at least we will have some kind of something. An aside, it's not really related, but it is. Jenny Thomas, is she just going to skate on this? This woman has had undue influence on a Supreme Court justice, has taken a lot of money that hasn't been um, uh, that hasn't been uh, accounted for or hasn't been um, until Clarence Thomas was made to, you know, put these things on his financial disclosure forms hadn't been disclosed. Um is she just going to get away with this? Do we know if there's any investigation around her or she's just going to skate? The only investigation we know of is the DC attorney general, but, uh, and that's for Clarence Thomas and uh, Clarence Thomas's influence peddling. I, I think, um, first of all, let's go back. Let's assume the worst. Let's assume the Supreme court says, I don't want to be involved in any of this. Donald Trump is our, is our, <laughs> Our is our protectee, yes. is our candidate. One thing Jack Smith could do, he's going to get clarity and he's working to get clarity on whether the Florida case, ah, we had to talk about Florida. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll find some way to talk about Arizona. Um, it, he's going to, he's, Sorry. he is trying to find some clarity about whether Aileen Cannon is just going to postpone the trial until after the election there too. <laughs> and if he discovers that there's going to be no trial or that, you know, the powers that be are going to do everything they do, they can to prevent there from being a trial. Then one of the things he can do is start charging all the other people. Wow. So in other words, like, um, it is my, you know, it is, it is my guess, my belief. Uh, and I don't think I'm the only one that what they've done is streamlined the existing indictment against Donald Trump so that only Donald Trump is on the ballot. Right. And, and that's the way to put Donald Trump through trial because it, it minimizes the, the moving parts. Like Fannie Willis has this giant monster to handle. And, exactly. and they, you know, like you, it's just Donald Trump. You're not arguing. You're not allowed, you know, like to some degree, even the Proud Boys trial, the Proud Boys trial went like, what, three, four months. And one of the issues is if you have six defendants, then each of the defendants get to cross-examine That's every right. witness. And yeah. so it adds a lot of time. If it's just Trump, it's just one cross-examination. But you could charge um, you could charge Sidney Powell and her co-conspirators, right? right. People like Mike Flynn and Patrick Byrne. And all of the people, like you could charge all of the people who tried to steal uh, tabulating software around the country. 
So that's one thing you could do. You could charge Roger Stone and, and Alex Jones. You could charge, you know, and I think that DOJ has been working on those charges. They just haven't, they're just holding everything back for Trump, which to some degree makes sense. I mean, and, and by the way, there are at least, I'm guessing, three obvious AUSAs who haven't signed a single court filing. Hmm who are working for Jack full-time. My guess is the number is closer to five or six or 10. And so that's a lot of prosecutors who are doing, we don't know what, right? right. Uh, and so um, so my guess is there's a lot happening behind the scenes and the lot happening behind the scenes gives Jack certain options if the Supreme Court says there's not gonna be a trial. And one of the things you could do is say, you know, start charging people who would be tried before the election. The reason you don't do that now, right? This is obvious. The reason you don't try Rudy Giuliani now is because he's going to do whatever he can to be pardoned. You know, like, like, you know, everyone is still playing for a pardon right. if Trump is reelected. Oh, and that's the lesson that uh, the, the, the Robert Mueller investigation gave you. Like Trump, I mean, it is not said enough. Trump pardoned his way out of proof that he conspired with Russia to get elected. Wow. He, he, and I, I do not say that lightly. I mean that very seriously. Trump you. pardoned his way, just in the Manafort and, and Stone pardons alone, he, he pardoned his way out of proof that he conspired with Russia to get elected. Which brings up another question, Marcy Wheeler. Last week... We ran out of time. You had just posted a story when we sat down to record and I didn't get to it. But now a week later, you wrote you had written about another missing file from the Trump administration. And it turns out that it's a big Russian binder. What do we know about this? You know, honestly, I think that's somewhat over over overblown. Okay. Right? So uh, we know that at the end of his administration, Trump was trying to package up all the Russian stuff. And the the ostensible plan was to give it to John Solomon, uh, who has a history of Russian propaganda, John Solomon and Molly Hemingway. And uh, and so the idea was he was going to declassify it and they were going to lie about it and 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 claim that he was framed uh, with the Russian investigation because every attempt to do that, like the that's what the Durham investigation was supposed right. to be. That's what um, the effort to reverse the Mike Flynn prosecution was meant to be. And there's no there there like the John Durham investigation proved. I mean, he lied a lot. Let's be clear, but he couldn't substantiate any claim that the Russian investigation was was ginned up against right. him. And so the stuff that Trump was going to release, we we know what it, we like I we know a lot of what it is and it doesn't say what he wants it to say. It just says nothing about that at all. Um but but there are certain things like for example, there is a cache of documents believed to have been found by Dutch intelligence in the possession of the Russian hackers. And th there's a famous one of Jim Comey saying that uh, Attorney General Lynch was going to fix things for Hillary Clinton. Oh, and it is believed that that is a fabrication, that the Russians made this fabrication knowing that the Dutch had figured out how to get into their files. And it was a way, it was disinformation. Now, there's a cache of that. And key, part of that cache, among, like there's, there's, 
there's an attempt to frame George Soros in there. <laughs> it's all the same stuff. There's an attempt to frame George Soros. There's an attempt to claim that a senior Hillary Clinton advisor, and I haven't been able to figure out who this is. I have my suspicions, but like a senior Hillary Clinton advisor was uh, was going to frame Donald Trump. None of that stuff makes sense, but that was found in Russia or in Russian possession. And that's probably one of the things that Donald Trump wanted to disclose because he thinks it proves that he was set up. Yeah. So he gathers all of this at the end of his term. He fucks up the declassification. And I mean fuck up in all the technical senses of the word. He really, really fucked it up. What happened was, and you know, this whole time Pat Cipollone is like, oh, don't declassify that, don't declassify this. But at this at the last minute, um, literally like eleven thirty on January twentieth, wow. uh, Mark Meadows puts together this binder and brings it to DOJ and says, please give this a privacy review, not a declassified, like Donald Trump has declassified all of this. Please give it a privacy review. But as a result, at the end of the term, it was in custody of DOJ, not okay. in the White House. So John Solomon has been suing to get this binder and the, and the archives is like, oh, we never got that as a presidential record because it was in DOJ by the time the end of the, I mean, like, so it's not a presidential record is what they're uh, saying to John uh. Solomon. Um, and all of the other documents we found, which were a presidential record, and this is 2,700 pages. And, and this is, I, you know, I, I, the sourcing on these stories about there being this binder, the, the story is meant to say that Mark Meadows left with, quote unquote, a binder of 2,700 pages. OK. Right. Um, there's another description, and this comes from archives, that it's 2,700 pages in a box. And the classification notations on it were all conflicting. So in other words, that gave the archives an excuse to say, we don't know whether this is classified or not. We've got to send it back to the agencies to... When I said they fucked this up, I they mean, did. they really right. fucked it up. Um, and and so, all he had to do was think it, <laughs> right? Just, right? Just think it declassified. And it right. So rumor has that there's still another 2,700 pages of the same documents that went through Mark Meadows' possession. My guess is we're getting this story because Mark Meadows, particularly now that mm -hmm. the 11th Circuit hasn't, has, has, killed his chance to escape trial in Georgia, maybe thinking about cooperating. He's the one witness everyone would love to have. Um, and so you're going to try and get stories out there that make Mark Meadows look bad. The dating on the stories is a little bit suspect because it seems to, you know, that the dating goes back to 2022, much of it. And probably the Senate Intelligence Committee. So in other words, I'm not sure that I buy the story. Gotcha. But uh, if I don't buy it, what it means is that there's stuff like this cache of 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 stuff, and you know, some of it's probably really damning. It's going to be stuff like what you know. We there was a um, there was a Russian source who provided some of the information to the CIA about the hack and leak, and so you know, some of it would be able to identify that source. Well, there's reason to believe that source was exfiltrated already. And there's other people who were targeted. And there's also reason to believe that Russia may have gotten um, from the CIA, the Vault 7 release, may have gotten information about who 
was cooperating with the CIA. You know, so in other words, like it's, it, you know, and then there's going to be things like uh, how was NSA tracking the hackers? Uh -huh. um, and so it's information like that, that Donald Trump thinking that it was going to exonerate him was going to release. And all it was going to do was give Russia a bunch of information about our spying on Russia. Yeah, uh, it, it gets so complicated. It's also complicated, but that's also the goal is to overcomplicate everything so we can't cut through all the the crap. Um, Marcy Wheeler, another there was something happened on Twitter yesterday um, and there was a thread by a guy who I guess is a stringer for different news organizations. I don't really know. Anthony Coley. And you commented on him because there's been this ongoing um a lot of people not happy with Merrick Garland and what they perceive as inaction for over a year before anything happened. And that's why we're up against these deadlines. What Anthony Coley said in this thread was that um, uh, that Garland's DOJ was not slow or inept, um, but that they were doing things that's just not open in, in the open because they only talk about things when I guess there's a case that they're litigating. Um, our friend Spocko uh, tweeted this out. He said, I often talk about how the DOJ can't do the kind of comms and messaging like politicians or corporations do. So DOJ spokespeople have to rely on their filings and the media who don't always follow them like you do, Marcy Wheeler. Please talk about this. I told you so on Nicole Sandler's show on Friday. So do you have an I told you so? Yeah. And Coley, by the way, uh, was the spokesperson for DOJ. Oh, oh okay. so he right. was in a very senior position in the period where people were saying Merrick Garland is doing nothing. And he was referring to an article that Kyle Cheney at Politico wrote about um, a declassified caption in the privilege review of John Eastman's emails. OK, and what it disclosed is probably by March of 2022, they had identified obstruction as the crime that John Eastman may have committed. Um, and so that places it either right immediately after the opinion by um, Judge Carter in, in Los Angeles or possibly even before. I mean, one thing people like one thing I say with absolute certainty is that DOJ understood uh, when they started charging all of the insurrectionists with obstruction that it would apply to Trump. It could mm -hmm. apply to Trump as well. So, you know, I wrote about this. I literally, I swear I wrote about this in August 20, 2021. I said, this is how DOJ will charge Donald Trump if they're going to charge him. And guess what? It was obstruction. Guess what they charged him with? It was obstruction. Then in, you know, in December of 2020. One, Liz Cheney discovered mm -hmm. obstruction. And so all the same TV lawyers who've been telling me, you don't know what you're talking about, said, oh, my gosh, obstruction fits like a glove. <laughs> and so people believe that the obstruction charge came from Liz Cheney when, in fact, Liz Cheney got it from the ongoing investigation. And so it was always going to be about obstruction. One thing I found this week, and I'm going to be doing more of this, but um, SDNY, the Manhattan U.S. attorney, had to unseal a bunch. Not all of them are there. In fact, I think that they're missing the warrant for, for Lev Parnas's home in Florida. But um, they unsealed most of the warrants for the Lev Parnas investigation right. and one of the warrants for Rudy Giuliani in that, in that case. 
And the Rudy Giuliani one shows what it does is it lists these are the seven phones that we think we're going to get by seize, by searching and seizing. We think these are these are the ones we want to get from Rudy's home. Only two of those are phones that, according to Rudy Giuliani, were seized. Okay. So I did this great table. People should look because yes. I love yep, it. Yep. Um, and what that and those phones we know because DOJ told us when he was using those phones. Those phones post date the time that he was getting uh, um, Masha Yovanovitch fired, Ambassador Yovanovitch right. fired, and so they post date the time he was committing the alleged crime with Lev Parnas. They don't post date January six. So those two pink rectangles with question marks, uh-huh. that phone, that iPhone 11, if you look on the left, the pink list on the left yep. are the phones that Rudy Giuliani identified in the Ruby Freeman suit. That, and he said, these are the ones that I um, masterminded January 6th on. He didn't say masterminded January 6th, but right. he said, these are the <laughs> only phones, these are the only devices on which I would have discovery pertinent to this lawsuit against me for actions I took as part of January 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that, um, so the, only those pink ones, only those ones in Rudy's list are the ones that got seized. Only the ones with a pink square are the ones that, that relate to January 6th. And we know from the, from the DOJ warrant that that was used. Can you put the, yeah, the I'm putting it back, back up right now. There you go. Um, so if you look, that phone was only used from October 3rd, 2019 to February 29, February 19th to 2021. 21. So right. the phone that they got is one that he didn't start to use until after the crime under investigation, but that he did use through January 6th. Hmm. And we know from the privilege log in in the Ruby Freeman case that there's a shit ton of records pertaining to January 6th that were privilege reviewed by January 21st, 2022. Um, we don't know when they got to Jack Smith, Smith's predecessors, but what we know is that, um, I swear to God, on Lisa Monaco's first day on her job, warrants were approved to seize phones from Rudy Giuliani and subsequent to that, because of the way SDNY did the privilege review on those phones, uh, they somebody in D.C., somebody investigating Rudy Giuliani could have started getting January 6th related content by November wow. of 2021. And certainly that was available by, again, January 21st, 2022. And that's, that's like before January 6th committee has done much of anything. Right. They've got Rudy Giuliani's comms in hand, privilege reviewed. And some of like, I I pointed out in the post, um, there is a document that's in the indictment that January 6th committee appears not to have gotten. It's a Ken Chesbro document, but that, that we know was in Rudy Giuliani's, uh, probably on an iPad that he was using. And so um, so that's an example where in real time, in December of 2021, I'm like, guys, the way they're doing this privilege with Rudy Giuliani is not the normal way they do it. Okay. Literally, and you can see it in the warrant that they wrote for him. They said, you know, we want these phones that post-date the alleged crime, which uh-huh. normally you couldn't get approval for. But they're like, we want everything. Give us all the devices at his house. And, um, and so, you know, 
So in December of 2021, I was like, look, because of the way they're doing this privilege review, I promise you any content that is January 6th related is going to be privileged review along with everything else. I don't know when they get a warrant on Rudy Giuliani, but as soon as they have a warrant from that point forward, they've got the content all there wrapped up in a bow. But meanwhile, the the only thing that Rudy has been charged with is Georgia, right? He, he, Jack Smith, well, Jack Smith hasn't charged anyone except Donald Trump. Going back to my point that you don't charge Rudy because, uh, because you don't want him to be pardoned out of his trouble. Gotcha. And I I think Jack Smith wants to get Trump uh, to trial before the election. And the fastest way to do it is to try him alone. And then you could deal with But people people. need to understand that if the Supreme Court says we're going to stall for Donald Trump, then Jack Smith does have other tools. Like one thing he could do is on August 31st, 2024, in the middle of the election, he could release a report describing everything. Um, That is always an option. He can say, I'm done. I'm going to give you a report. It's up to DOJ to prosecute everyone else, knowing full well that if Trump wins, there's no way any of those people will go to jail. Um, A more simple option would be if, you know, if if Supreme Court says we're going to help him stall, then Jack Smith can start charging, you know, sub sub conspiracies that would be separate trials, but that would lay out a lot more of what we know because we, you know, we know like the the Michigan thing that you talked about, we know mm-hmm. that there's recordings of the Michigan thing. And so, um, you know, but I say this a lot. Wait, I'm, because Spocko invited me. I told you all <laughs> so, I told you stupid TV lawyers. So, I mean, it is true. Like there's so much that the TV lawyers missed. The other thing that they missed is that uh, on January 24th or 25th, 2021, DOJ IG started investigating Jeffrey Clark. That's where a lot of this came from. Three of Trump's co-conspirators, all, they were over steps taken against them all in 2021. It's just that, you know, the TV lawyers didn't know where to look. Like, you know, I kept screaming at people. I'm like, Sidney Powell, there's a, there's a very active investigation to Sidney Powell and, and Mike Flynn thinks he's flipped on her, you know, whether he has or not. Uh, obviously she's a co-conspirator and guess what? She's a co-conspirator. So I told you also, I did tell you you also, and I told you also, and, um, and there's, there's other things like, um, we know because DOJ has now told us that they are going to argue that, you know, they're, I, I would be unsurprised if DOJ argues that the proud boys convicted of sedition are Trump's co-conspirators. And I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a legal stretch at all. Mm-hmm. And so Trump during impeachment said, you can't impeach me because uh, the the attack on the Capitol happened before I finished speaking, which is true. But if he conspired with the Proud Boys, then in fact, yes, you can, because that means that the initial burst on the Capitol was kicked off by the Proud Boys. So, you know, like if you look at the Proud Boy investigation, what they, what it, I mean, and, and honestly, it, the people who pulled that off pulled off something really difficult because mm-hmm. of the ties between the Proud Boys and law enforcement. Um, and so the effort that DOJ put in to, to, to pull together the Proud Boy case, and, and by the way, the Proud Boy case started with Trump's standby and st- stand right. back and standby comments. That's right. So, you know, even in the trial, they were making the tie between uh, Trump and the Proud Boys. Um, and so this is the kind of thing that you could see fleshed out if, if, if 
Clarence Thomas decides to delay for Trump. <sighs> so we will watch this all play out, hopefully, over the next few weeks, because there is a clock ticking. Um, uh, Marcy Wheeler, uh, anything, the, the only other thing that happened, so Rudy Giuliani filed for bankruptcy yesterday. Does he think that's going to get him out of having to pay Ruby and Shay the money that he now owes them? Uh, n- no, but he, he it, it will stall long enough for him to appeal. Yeah. And, you know, he cares, he cares about appealing because it's, it's another opportunity to, to, so propaganda. Um, I think it probably hurts the other people who are suing him. Um, there's one guy who's also suing for something related to January 6th. I think I, I forget the, the nature of that. Um, he's smartmatic and dominion both have their lawsuits against him. Hunter Biden mm-hmm. has a lawsuit against him. So I, you know, I think it makes those lawsuits smartmatic has said, we're going to continue anyway. I, I haven't seen whether Hunter Biden and dominion have, but, you know, they're not going to get any money from from Rudy Giuliani. So do they want to continue? Uh, I'm interested because Hunter Biden sued Rudy Giuliani for hacking him. Right. But Robert Costello, Rudy's then attorney, is the co-defendant named in that lawsuit. Oh. And Robert Costello is suing Rudy for not paying his bills. <laughs> so uh, if Hunter Biden successfully sues, then he is... Uh, he is a creditor to creditor, but Rudy owes him money right. and Robert Costello and Rudy owes Robert Costello money. You know, I just think things could get interesting because of that, but like, <laughs> yeah, Rudy's Rudy, you know, Rudy's been preparing to declare bankruptcy for quite some time. He, he tried to sell the condo in New yep. York. I think he'll probably screw it up because he's screwing everything up these days. Uh, and I, over the next week, if people want to watch, I'm going to be unpacking those Parnas warrants that I told you about. There's some really there's some there's some really interesting things in there. And, and I think SDNY really didn't want to make it easy for SDNY guaranteed that I couldn't write up some of the interesting things until after people are gone on holiday. So keep ah. watching because I'm going to I'm going to persist. Well, watch, watch EmptyWheel.net. It should be part of your daily reading anyway. And while you're there. Support the work that Marcy Wheeler and her um, her contributors over at EmptyWheel.net make. They're, they are the uh, same as I operate. No paywall. Um, you're not getting advertising. They are 100% listener or viewer, reader supported. Um, so this holiday season, you know, show the love over at EmptyWheel.net. Marcy Wheeler, thank and you. And for Nicole. Show the love for Nicole, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, this These weekly get-togethers have so much made this year better. Um, I learn, I, I read a lot. I try to stay up on it, but I learn something from you every time we talk, and I so appreciate your contribution to this program. And I know a lot of people look forward to Fridays and then digest this program over the weekend because there's always a lot of information. So we'll take next week off. Enjoy the holiday. Uh, I'm, I'm filling this time slot with music, music interviews from my old music radio days. Everyone from um, Chris Isaac to Randy Newman uh, to oh, cool. uh, all kinds of people. So that's what's going to air during this show. Interviews from the 90s from, you know, when I did music radio. So uh, we'll come back in the new year and, um, and, and hit the ground running. Marcy Wheeler, as always, thank you so much. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy new year. Same to you.
and that's Marcy Wheeler. Um, it, and there we go. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. Uh, so don't forget, the show next week will not be on video. No YouTube or Twitter or Twitch or, or Facebook. It's all uh, audio only. Everything will be posted at NicoleSandler.com or listen to the episodes as they air on the Progressive Voices Network at ProgressiveVoices.com um, at our usual time. And I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Happy New Year. Happy whatever you celebrate. Um, Peace out, everyone.